Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. they are going, I'm going to go ahead and read uh, some of the readings for today, and it's Isaiah chapter 9, and the title is Hope in the Messiah. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Amen. I'm going to be reading Psalm 96. Uh, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. For he comes. He comes to judge the earth 
He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. I'm reading Titus 2, 11 to 14. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people, and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our God, great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Yes, Lord. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, yes, Lord. totally committed to doing good deeds. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 I appreciate uh, those that are always so willing to, to read. Um, over the last several weeks, we have uh, been embracing several passages and stories uh, within the Bible. We started with embracing the divine mystery that the gospel message is for us. We continued on with embracing God's timely promise and embracing humility and hope uh, in the new creation. Today, I want to talk to you about embracing God's call um, and about the faith journey, about what that looks like. And so I'm going to introduce that, and hopefully you will hear these passages that have been read uh, for us today. And we will hear the Word of the Lord today uh, in Luke's Gospel, and it will encourage us today as we study the Word. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 1, verses 26-38. through 38. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said a very important statement that we're going to look at today. Behold, I am your servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Can we pray this morning? Lord, we just pray that you would anoint your word. Lord, that you'd help us to receive the words that have been spoken today. Lord, we have heard your word. We have read your word, God. Lord, may we receive your word today. And may it open our eyes to see your truth. And may it challenge us. May it change us. May it mold us. May it shape us. May it move us, God, today so that we can continue to do what you've called us to do. Help us, Lord, to trust you throughout this life and to be encouraged by your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I mentioned that phrase at the end of verse 38. It says, 
let it be to me according to your word. Now before we go any further, I have to say this this morning. It is one of the best Christmas presents I have ever received in my life. Don't tell my wife that. Um, to see Mike Reyes' beautiful face in the church today. Can we look at his beautiful smiling face, didn't we? Not that Stacy isn't beautiful as well, but, but she's been here with us. And so, you know, when you haven't seen somebody in a while, um, Mike has been diligently building an addition on his house by himself. Um, and so, basically, and so, uh, it, only he can do that. Uh, him, but, but he's been doing that, and he's been diligent to do that for his family. Uh, and so, he has been away, but it was so great uh, when Stacy told me last week that he was going to be able to come. Uh, it's not raining today. It's funny, right? You're in church and it's not raining. Uh, but, but we're glad to have you, and we're glad to have all of you here. There's so many friends that are joining us today, family members, uh, people that we've seen, haven't seen in a while, um, and so it's a joy to be able to be together with you. I want to talk to you today about uh, this faith journey, and to do that, we're going to start with the unseen path. The unseen path. Now, if you think about this unseen path, you will see uh, some imagery here in this image that we see here. You'll see a dense forest with a narrow, obscured path winding through it. And you'll see a traveler there at the edge, right of the edge of this forest, peering into the unknown, not really sure what is before him. And this journey that is ahead of him is undoubtedly uncertain. That's the image that we're trying to, to portray here for you. That it's filled with uncertain challenges, but it's also filled with potential wonders. Now for some of you, you might say, right on man, let's go for it. Right? Because adventure is something that excites us. We want to go into the unknown and explore. But if we really look at this uh, in I think a more concentrated perspective today. I think this image kind of could symbolize our spiritual journey. Because sometimes God calls us to go into unseen areas, unknown areas. And God invites us to walk that path, and it can be scary. It can be difficult, but it can also be filled with wonder. And so like the traveler that we see on this screen, you and I often will face uncertainty when it comes to our faith journey. And we will undoubtedly be apprehensive at times because of things that are happening. But we have to recognize that the path holds the promise of a profound journey that is guided by faith, which is much like Mary's experience in Luke's Gospel. She was given a proclamation and it undoubtedly... Uh, terrified her because she had no idea what that would look like. Now, there have been some that have said, well, any, any woman could have, you know, given birth to the Savior. What makes Mary so special? I'll tell you what makes Mary so special. She actually did it. <laughs> Nobody else can say that. So, yes, you could say anybody can do that. True, but did they, right? No, <laughs> right? Now, there have been instances in history where we see uh, science try to correlate things, uh, where uh, it's, it's terms that, you know, parthenogenesis is a term that's used, and so they will sometimes try to connect that with certain animals. 
that can mimic this kind of virgin birth, but this was a unique thing. And so it's understandable that Mary would have, in the beginning, been a little taken back by this. But there's a profound reality that we find Mary settling into by the end of this discussion, this moment with Gabriel. And she says, let it be to me according to your word. That's a profound statement to make after hearing something so incomprehensible. So what did it take for her to go forward with that? What would it take for us? How should we respond to God's plan for our lives? Because much like Mary, our lives will be presented with unexpected opportunities and challenges that will sometimes shake our faith. We've got to be willing to walk that unseen path, that unknown journey. And that's where faith comes in. Above all else, if we profess to be followers of Jesus, Christians, we are people of faith. So we should not be surprised if we find ourselves in stages in life where we have no idea what we're doing. We always know who God is and where God stands. We always know what His Word reveals to us, and that's what holds us in those moments of uncertainty. But we are going to be in times where we're walking in unseen areas. And so how do we respond? I'm going to give you three areas of response. The first response is we need to embrace God's plan with humility. Again, I'll remind you about Mary's statement in verse 38. She says, be it to me according to your word. According to your word, let it happen to me. Now, if you're going to embrace God's plan with humility, you have to recognize something. That there are going to be divine interruptions in your life. If you are going to embrace God's plan with humility, which is what's required in order for us to follow the words of Mary, be it to me according to your word. Lord, if you've told me this is going to happen, then be it to me according to your word. If we're going to follow that path, we have to embrace God's plan with humility. And if that's going to happen, we have to recognize that there will be divine interruptions. There will be times where God stops us from doing what we thought we should be doing and tells us we're going to go a different direction. And we ought to not be surprised by that because He is always taking people from moments where they thought they were going this direction or they thought this is the plan and God changes things. God opens their eyes. And so Mary's encounter with Gabriel signifies a pivotal moment of divine calling. And many of us have had moments where we felt like God, whether it's through uh, you know, His Word or through just a moment of just knowing He was there, where we hear His Word and we just know, okay, Lord, I know this is You. I have no other option but to say, okay, that is where we're at. Now, what does this remind us of? If we look at Mary's encounter with Gabriel, it reminds us that God often will enter into our lives unexpectedly. Now, He's everywhere at all times, and we know that He's transcendent above creation, but He will manifest His presence in our lives, and we will have these divine interruptions. 
if we are embracing the plan that God has for us with humility. That he will stop us and he will say, no, we're not going to do that. You've got to go this way. And so what does that require of us if we are going to follow his plan? It requires humility, but it's not just humility, but it's submission, right? Lord, you're in charge. I'm going to follow what your word says. I'm going to follow what you say because feelings and what he's told us can be different at times. Right? We could feel something, but that's not what he said. And so we have to embrace this plan with humility, knowing that I have to submit not to what I think, but, or what I want, but what he is saying, right? So that challenges our faith. Because most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we desire, or at least are comfortable, with a level of control. Well, we want to be in control of things. We want to do things a certain way. But embracing God's plan with humility challenges our faith. Because God gives her a divine promise through the words of Gabriel. And Mary is initially bewildered. Understandably, right? She said, hold on a second. <laughs> that's like the, that, that's that new, that new um, East Coast, you know, version. She's like, hold up. Like, she's like, come again? Okay. I don't know how this is going to work. And most of us have probably been in not that situation, right? No matter what you try to tell me, I know better. <laughs> okay? I know how it works. <laughs> there was one person that did that for a reason, okay? There is no support group for virgin births, anonymous, right? <laughs> there are ways to figure it out. We know, okay? So Mary was in a very unique situation that it was difficult for her to even to get support and, and counsel from her husband, or at least her betrothed. And so we've been in situations before in our lives where the Lord has presented us with something that he wants us to do or wants us to say or gives us a vision for what he's calling us to do, and we're like, ah, what? Sometimes. And it challenges our faith, and we have to understand that that's a part of it. So Mary may be initially bewildered by this, but eventually we see at the end of it, she is responding in faith. And so what does her experience mirror? I think it mirrors our own experience when we encounter God's plans, especially when they stretch us beyond our understanding. Right? If God reveals something to us, if He's pushing us, if He's challenging us to go beyond what we think we're capable of doing, Right? If we're going to embrace His plan with humility, if we're going to follow Him, if we're going to submit to Him, what can we do to respond in these moments? Well, we need to understand the nature of divine promises. It's not just about embracing God's plan with humility that will involve divine interruptions and will involve challenging our faith, but it involves us understanding the nature of divine promises. Now, what are divine promises? Divine promises are often promises that are beyond comprehension. Now, comprehension is something that, that some of you are very good at. You can, you can hear something, and you could, you could comprehend it very well. Uh, it's just, just, there's just no problem with that, right? Um, when I was in ninth grade, I, I, when I think of words like comprehension, I think about my ninth grade algebra experience. I could not understand anything that that woman was saying in that class. 
it was like that Peanuts thing. It was like, womp, 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 right? And because I got swept up in the education system, they just graduated me to the next class. I was in Algebra 2. I couldn't even spell Algebra 1. So they put me in Algebra 2. And then they put me in Geometry. But at that point, I had enough, right? I was like, I got one more class to take. I'm going to do Consumer Math right? So I did consumer math, and I graduated, and I was moving on, right? But then I said, you know what? I want to go to college. I want to I continue to grow, right? So if you've ever gone to college, they do like placement tests on you. So I scored very low in math and English. Now, when I say very low, I need you to know that I was one remedial class away from them telling me to get out. Right? So I was in a math class where they were teaching you how to add. In college. And I was in an English class where they were teaching me how to speak English. Right? So I was with people who spoke English as a second language. And they were trying to teach me English as a first language. Right? I know a thing or two about not comprehending things, right? I had to be very diligent and, and push through all of those issues, right? So when we talk about a promise that God gives us, it is often beyond comprehension. That's a far greater reality than us not understanding, you know, some nuances about um, problems and, and situations, right? So the enunciation of Jesus' birth is a profound testament to God's power to enact miracles. And as individuals who are walking a path, and as individuals who are connecting to these realities, we are often called to believe in God's promises. Get this, even when they defy our logic and expectations. We live in a world that's full of reason, and you got to make sense. It's gotta, everything's got to work together. But when it comes to walking the path that God has for us, we can look at individuals like Mary, and we could say, well, clearly what God was telling her was going to happen to her defied logic and understanding. It had never happened. And so it's a profound thing that we see here. There are other instances in the Bible where these things occur. I think about Joseph and when God gave him a vision and he told his brothers that they were all going to bow down and worship him. He told his father, you're going to worship me too. And what, did that, what happened after he had those dreams and those visions? He wound up in a pit, sold into slavery, was a servant in Potiphar's house, accused of a crime he didn't commit, sent to prison, forgotten after he helped interpret two dreams, left for dead in prison. This is a man who God had given visions to. Right? God had shown him miraculous miracles, and everything went sideways after that. So if you read many of the commentaries, what they will say is that he was laid in irons, right? That he was, he was in chains, he was in prison. But what began to happen is that God was forming him in those moments. God was forming him in those moments. It was God, you know, unloving to him because he had a plan for him. And in order for him to get to where he needed to go, he needed to go through some hardships. He needed to go through some troubles. 
He had to get to a place where he was fortified in who he was. That God could, could literally allow iron to become part of his soul. That he was, he was able to endure those hardships. And so he found himself resolved to just be faithful. You see, God will often ask us to do things that defies logic and understanding. And what do we do in those moments? We have to recognize that they're going to be beyond our comprehension. But also we need to understand that as New Covenant believers, and we see the role of the Holy Spirit in Mary's life, and the role of the Spirit guiding God's people throughout the Bible, is that the Holy Spirit has a role in revealing God's truth to us, guiding us, opening our eyes, strengthening us to give us the power to to do what God's called us to do, even if we don't understand it. But it gives us the faith to continue to to do what He's called us to do. We see the Holy Spirit's involvement in Mary's story, and it underscores us to us the assurance of the divine support in fulfilling God's promises. Do you feel alone sometimes when God is calling you to do something, or have you ever felt alone in your life? All of us have probably, if we've served the Lord long enough, felt like we were on an island somewhere, or we were like in a forest, walking into the forest. Now here's the wonderful thing about the Lord that He promises us. If we have images in our mind, right? So if you think about one of, some of my favorite movies, now I'm not saying that you should go and watch these. If I tell you these movies, you, you might want to pray for me. Um, but one of my favorite movies was The Princess Bride, right? Right? And The Princess Bride, you, you, have, this, you have this moment where he goes into the, the swamp or the forest, whatever it is, and he goes to R-O-U-S's, right? The rats of unusual size, right? Sometimes I feel like I'm walking around in the forest and Princess Bride here. Um, but you have this moment, right? And so you see this, this dense place, right? This dense forest. Or I think about... Uh, when uh, the hobbits had to go into Fangorn Forest and Lord of the Rings, right? And the trees are moving and creaking and everything's becoming dark and dense, right? Hollywood has done a beautiful job of presenting imagery when it comes to this idea of us walking into a deep, dense forest and not knowing what's in front of us. Here's the beautiful thing about the Lord. While He calls us to walk unseen paths and He calls us to, to do maybe something that defies logic and understanding, He said, I will send my Holy Spirit that will guide you into all truth. I will guide you into all truth. When you don't see me, I will be there. I will speak to you. I will guide you. When you think you're all alone, I want you to know that I will be there with you. That's a beautiful thing and a reminder for us today that while we are walking in paths of uncertainty, He will always be there with us. And that's how we can understand the nature of divine promises. He's going to call us to do something that is, that is out of our ability to comprehend. But he also said, I promise to give you a helper. Right? A paraclete. Someone that will come alongside you. And sometimes if you're walking alongside somebody, um, you know, if, if you're weary, you're going to be able to, to hold their hand and keep on walking. And that's a beautiful reality. You guys have seen the footprints in the sand imagery, right? Where you're walking and all of a sudden... The, the footprints go away and there's just two there now, right? Sometimes it does feel like he's carrying us. That's the beauty about being in a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is that he is not just sovereign, but he is right there with us. When we talk about embracing his plan with humility, there is no greater act of humility than when he humbled himself and put on flesh for us. 
so that you and I could be redeemed and be given an opportunity to come back into right relationship with the Lord. And so what should we do after we identify that we need to embrace God's plan with humility? That we need to understand the nature of what that's going to look like with His divine promises. Thirdly, we need to respond with a faithful heart. We need to respond with a faithful heart. Mary did something that was phenomenal in this moment. Do you know when Gabriel shared this message to Mary? Had Mary said, no thank you. Pass. Not interested. Did you not see the no soliciting sign outside of my hut? Right? Get off my lawn. Right? Had she responded that way, there's no evidence in the, in the nature of God or in the way that he interacts with his creation that he would have forced her to conceive by the Holy Spirit and to bring the Savior into the world. She had to do something. What did she have to do? She had to submit. She had to be obedient to what God was telling her. See, I think that's a very important truth that we need to identify today. Oftentimes, we know what God's called us to do, but we're stuck in a forest because we will not just surrender to Him and let Him lead us and guide us. We're just waffling around and falling in a ditch and quicksand and everything. And we're like, God, I thought you loved me. You told me you were going to do all these wonderful things. But unless we surrender and give him the rightful authority in our lives, all we're doing is just fighting and we're just quarreling. And it's literally like walking in a circle in the wilderness for 40 years when it would have taken you 10 days probably to get in there. But it's scary. It's scary. We're teaching our kids, well, they know how to ride bikes. I keep telling myself that in the mirror. They know how to ride bikes. They're strong, independent kids. You're doing a good job, Daddy. Um, so we're teaching our kids to ride bicycles, right? And so one of my children, uh, whenever they get a little, um, you know, wobbly, right, they just completely disregard the mechanisms built into the bicycle that will stop them from going, you know, anymore, right? You just push your foot back. Boom! It stops, right? No, what my children do is take their feet off of the brake and try to put their feet on the ground because in their minds, I got to get off this bike. It's safer on the ground. But what they have, because I mean, I wasn't very good at math. They're probably doomed in geometry and physics and stuff like that. If you put your feet on the ground and you're moving, chances are the object that you're trying to stop is going to keep moving and you are going to stop, right? Bad things happen. When there's, there's laws about that, right? Sometimes we fight against the mechanisms that God's put in place. If we need to just if, we're, if things are going too fast and we need to just stop and just let him kind of just regroup. Yep. Right? Instead we just go, right? Now he's there to pick us up and pat us on the back and cover our wounds and 
get us back on the journey. But it doesn't have to be like that all the time. Sometimes we can just pause for a minute and let God reveal the, what the next step is. It's okay to do that. But that's scary because we often, our biggest fear in life is that we don't have control of what the next move is. And I've told my kids, and I'm like, I've shown you if you just hit the brakes, you won't fall. But if you try to jump off the bike while it's moving, bad things will happen. And they're like, okay, daddy. And then the next time we go around the corner, and they're wailing, next thing you do, off the bike, and they're falling. I'm like, what are you doing? Right? Because they have built in them, and all of us do, when things get to that moment of breaking, when we just don't know what we can do, we start to take the reins back ourselves, right? Well, I'm going to take over now because I'm scared. Fear is something that will cause all of us to stay in this place of turmoil when God's trying to get us to move forward. And so we got to face fear with faith. Again, I said above all else, we are people of faith. We should be. People of faith who believe. Do we have to understand everything? I hope not. Because I'll never understand everything. We'll never be able to comprehend it all. But we have to have faith. So that we can continue to surrender to Him. And so Mary's story is a beautiful example of confronting uncertainty and fear with steadfast faith. Trusting in God's greater plan. So I want you to think about that traveler for a moment. Like the traveler at the forest edge, right there at the base of it. And like Mary before the angel, you and I are often called to step into the unknown. Right? Come on, let's get it out. Into the unknown! Right? We're all called to step into the unknown. I just, I just woke some of you up. Good morning! We're all called to step into the unknown, trusting in God's guidance and promises, right? We have to trust in God's guidance and promises. That's hard sometimes, right? Because maybe our concept of trust is, well, I trusted people before and it didn't work out for me. I told God I would, I would live for him and bad things happened to me. So you know what? I, I don't really gonna, I'm not going to completely trust him anymore. I'm going to say it. I'm going to do it. Like all the things, but I'm really not going to trust him. When it gets to that moment again, I'm going to take my foot off and I'm going to try to stop and do what I need to do. We're often called to step into those areas and have to trust God for guidance and promises. And so we need to embrace God's call in our lives with faith. Just like Mary did, just like Joseph did, and so many others. And what that means, it means that we oftentimes will walk a path filled with challenges and blessings. You see, that's something that I think the Western religious system has just done a terrible job of, of teaching that, that, that taking suffering out of the equation of growth. Right? If it gets hard, well, it must not be God. If it challenges you, if it pushes you, well, it must not be God. God will only tell me the things that are good for me. And when we say that, we mean only the things that are good that I think are good for me. Not for the things that he thinks will get me to this next step or get me where he wants me to go. And so that's a dangerous thing that we have 
this journey before us. And God says it's going to be challenging, but it's also going to be a blessing. You're not only going to grow closer to me, but I'm going to pour my spirit into you, and I'm going to walk with you, I'm going to guide you. And this journey that you're on is leading you to this place where I want to take you, to the promised land, to this place where we could be together. We have glimpses of it in our journeys here. We have times of gatherings. We have times of worship. We have times of feeling God's presence. And it's tangible in moments where we gather like this. But there are also times where we struggle. But the Word is clear when it says that we're going to share in His glory, then we also have to share in His suffering as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Why don't we see it? Because we don't know everything, right? Right? So, I'm learning as a minister that I to talk about my kids in a very strategic way so that you guys will know which ones I'm talking about so that you guys, they don't develop, they don't, but you guys know which ones I'm usually talking about. Um, but I often will have these conversations with my children, and it's a great example of me knowing more than them or how things are going to go in a greater way than they do, right? Because I'm almost 40, they're six. I don't know everything, but I know more than a six-year-old. I don't know if I'm smarter than a fifth grader, but I'm smarter than a six-year-old, right? And so I often will show them things, and they're like, yeah, but Daddy, what if, well, just, what if we did it this way, right? And because I'm a loving father, I'm going to listen to them, share this story, and then if it's a good story, I'll go, okay, well, maybe we could do that. But most of the time, I'm like, okay, great. We're going to go back and do what I want to do, right? Because this is the better plan. They don't have a full picture, right? And so they're like, well, yeah, but it's so much harder this way. Yeah, but if you do it this way, it'll be better for you, right? That's how life is, right? And so, yeah, the challenge is sometimes uh, we don't look at them the right way. They're not considered blessings sometimes, but they are blessings. So I want us to think about this for a second, okay? Let's think about life, and we're going to finish up here. Let's think about life as a mosaic. You guys, ever, you guys know what a mosaic is? Right? bunch of broken pieces, usually metal, glass, something, right? And you put them all together. And then if you're strategic, I mean, I've seen uh, artists use toast and they'll create a mosaic out of toast, right? Where they burn certain edges of the toast and, and they shape them in. So I've, I've seen them use records where they take covers of records and they put it, like you can make a mosaic. It's all it is, pieces of different images and you put them together. And when you, st- when you push it back, you see an image there, right? I want us to envision life as a vast mosaic, right? Pull up that slide, Aiden, that has the mosaic on there. I want us to envision life as a vast mosaic. Whether it's different moments, decisions, acts of faith, individually, all these pieces. And if you look at this image here, you see all these different squares, circles, images And all these individuals spread out all throughout the landscape. And they're all walking towards the light, which we all know you're not supposed to do, right? Don't walk towards the light. But the image is supposed to express all these people on a journey, walking towards the Lord. But you have different pieces, different entrance, different ways to it. There's different things. Now, don't hear hear me incorrectly here. I'm not saying that there are multiple ways to get to heaven. 
not what I'm saying. Right? What I'm saying is, is that all of us are on the same path towards Jesus, right? And if you don't go through Jesus, He's the door, right? You're not going to get there. But we have different stories leading up to that moment. And all of us are on different journeys that way. Now here's where we connect. We're one in Christ and we're one with Christ. But all of us are different. And that's what makes the body of Christ so beautiful. When I was a younger, ignorant man, more ignorant man, I used to, I used to have this bright idea. I wish more people were like me, right? And then the older I get, I'm like, I don't want to deal with anybody else like me. I have a hard time dealing with myself. I'd rather somebody else be totally different than me. That I can deal with their personalities and not mine. Right? But all of us are different. And God uses all of those different experiences. He uses everything. And He shapes it because He's doing that, right? He's like a potter that's shaping us. And so our lives are full of that. And so we might have small pieces where we were really broken, but He's taking all those little small pieces and He's putting it into a mosaic. And if we keep walking the journey, if we keep trusting Him, it's all going to come together. It's all going to come together. So I want us to think about that for a moment. Because I'd like to pray with you. And then I'd love to offer you an opportunity to kind of express that unity that we have. Because again, we're one in Christ and we're one with Christ. We're all different. We're like a bunch of snowflakes, right? There's never one snowflake that's not like the other, right? But all of us were created to image our Creator. And so there's a beauty that comes in us connecting together. And so we want to give you a chance to at least greet one another before we prepare our hearts to Unite together in communion um, to express this reality that we have in this life. But I want to pray with you. I want you to think about some things for a few moments. So can we do that? Can you just kind of, if you want to close your eyes, if you want to just focus your heart on the Lord here for a moment. I just want us to take some time and think about this for a second. Because when we focus our hearts on like what faith looks like, sometimes that for us may be just staying committed to something God has told us to do. But we may think, well, this commitment doesn't seem like much. I mean, all I really have done is, you know, I just continue to go to church. I continue to serve. I continue to be faithful. I, I read my Bible. I, I pray. I, I'm just trying to be committed to doing these things because I don't really know what's next or how to deal with all this stuff. But, I just think that I'm doing, I guess, what I can. Even those small moments of us doing that, it plays a vital part in the grand tapestry of God's purposes. I'll tell you guys a story about a 12-year-old girl who was the first person in her family to get saved. As a result of her faith in Jesus, the rest of her family got saved. She didn't do anything grand in her life by the world's um, standards. She raised a bunch of hot-headed, passionate children who then raised children. But there's one thing that she did in all of these children that she raised, and she was faithful. She took them to church. She showed them what it meant to love Jesus. And she showed them what it looked like to live for Him. 
And this woman, when she passed away, was met with hundreds and hundreds of people who were impacted by her faith in Jesus. I know this because this woman was my grandmother. And when she died, one of my cousins who was married into the family, so he didn't get a chance to see her as long as I did, the Lord was giving him visions. Now, I'm not trying, I'm not trying you guys to say, oh man, he's getting, getting weird now, right? Right? I believe that God reveals things to us. I believe that God speaks to us through visions and dreams and, and His Word. And I'm not going to just take anything that I dream and disregard balancing it off of the Word or maybe some other people, but the Lord speaks to us in those moments. So my cousin heard uh, uh, or kept seeing this vision of this woman, and she was a younger woman, so he had never seen pictures of my grandmother when she was younger, and so they were going through pictures, and he kept seeing this vision and this dream that the Lord was giving him of this woman who was walking into heaven, and all these people were coming around here and just shouting her name and just thanking her because of her commitment to the Lord. And so when he saw the picture of my grandmother, he was like overwhelmingly emotional. He was like, and this is not like him. He, he's not a very expressive person. He said, I, I can't believe that this is her. I, I didn't know it was her because I didn't know what she looked like. You know, he only knew her when she was older. And, and so he shared that story and you could tell it was, it was, a, it was a God moment because of just the way the circumstances worked out. To me, that was just a reminder to me of how small, faithful acts of faith, of commitment to the Lord. Even if it's just being faithful to do what you know God has made available to you, it may not be anything else, but to just be submitted to Him. Lord, my life is for You. Whatever it is. You want me to be faithful to do this? You want me to start this? You want me to run this? You want me to do this? Whatever it is, Lord, I'm here for You. I am embracing Your plan for my life with humility. And I understand that there are going to be things I don't, under, I don't comprehend, but I'm going to trust You. I'm going to put my faith in You. And so can we do that today? Lord, your word is true, and it has inspired us. Lord, we've been able to see the story of Mary and Joseph and, and you know, so many characters in the Bible, God, that they have put their faith in obedience in your divine plan when it didn't make sense, when they couldn't understand it. And so, Lord, as we reflect on her journey, help us, Lord, to Seek the courage to embrace the calling you have on our lives. What you're calling us to do. Even when the path is veiled, God, in mystery, if we don't understand it, we're still people of faith. We're still people of faith. God, I don't even understand sometimes the mystery of the faith. That you died, you resurrected, and that you will come again. Even if it's a mystery, God, grant us the grace to trust in your promises. Just like Mary did, God, with a full heart of faith. Help us to remember, God, that we may not see the entire story and have it all figured out. That each thread that we weave in faith, God, constitutes and contributes to the beautiful design that you are weaving in our lives. Lord, help us to just let you be the one that weaves it. Now let us not be tempted to take control and, and do what we think is necessary. 
Lord, for that we know we're going to need courage. So give us the courage to face our fears. Give us the courage to overcome those fears, God. And give us the humility to accept your will, to embrace your plan for our lives, knowing that your plans for us are for good, for you to give us a a future and a hope, God, as you have testified through your prophets to your people, God. This covenant relationship that we have been grafted into, we know that all things work together for the good. To them that love you and are called according to your purpose. And so we thank you for what you've done for us today, God, and help us today in this moment and in these times, Lord, to trust you and to know that we are not alone. Lord, you not only surround us with a great cloud of witnesses, not only is heaven full of a heavenly host that are declaring your praises, God, but we know that we are one in you and we are one with you, Lord, that we are connected in communion to you, God. We are a part of a communion of saints, those in this earth, in this world, and those in heaven. And Lord, these moments of us coming together brings it all together, Lord. Lord, we thank you today for the opportunity to walk together in community, Lord, to walk together in unity in you, Lord. You are the one that brings it all. You are the door that puts all the pieces together and makes a way of our mess. So, Lord, would you help us today to encourage one another for these few moments as we prepare our hearts to receive today. And may your peace overwhelm us and abound in our lives today. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Can we do that today for a few minutes? Can you just greet one another as we get ready to take communion today? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys for taking time to And I just love the opportunity to do that. Uh, It's a very biblical dynamic of uh, we're not just here to be in the same vicinity as each other, right? But we're actually here to be in community with each other. Um, You don't actually have to like each other to do that. Um, But here's what I've found. Here's what I've found to be, it makes it easier. Yeah, it does make it easier, right? And so... It makes it easier, um, and if you aren't, uh, you know, in a good place, knowing that you're going to be in service together, and you might have to shake someone's hand, kind of breaks down some of those barriers, right? I just love that. I love being able to do that. You know, it's something that Selena and I have had to do in our marriage, right? So if we've had a dis- disagreement, a fight, right? Knock down, drag out, fight, yes. Listen. <laughs> You guys should try living with her. No. <laughs> no, we fight sometimes, right? Surprise, we fight sometimes, right? But we have to come back together and go, hey, listen, we're, 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 we're committed to what God is doing. And so if, if, if marriage is a representation of God's relationship, uh, Jesus' relationship with the church, then 
then it matters how we interact with each other too, right? Because um, we're part of the body. And so uh, I just love to be able to do that because this moment that we're getting ready to participate in together is a sacred moment. It's a moment that invites us to, to connect together with the Lord and with each other. And so, Lord, we thank you today for this moment. Lord, would you be present? Holy Spirit, would you just rain down on this place? Would we feel your presence, Lord, in, a, in an abundance today? To know that you are here with us, God. Let it be a tangible feeling, God, as we come down to this altar, God, to partake of communion together, Lord, to pray with each other, that we'd feel your presence. Help us, Lord, as we think about these truths, God, to receive today from you, to receive from you. Would you sanctify these elements, God, this bread and these cups, God, this, these symbols, God, these elements, these truths, God. Would you sanctify them for us, God, by your word and your Holy Spirit to be for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we would continue to feed on him in our hearts with thanksgiving. And Lord, would you sanctify our hearts today to continue to grow in faith, to continue to walk our journey that you've called us to walk in. Would you help us today, Lord, to understand the truths that you have shared with us. Be with us today, Lord. And keep us mindful, Lord, of your word. When Jesus was celebrating the Passover with his disciples, he, the scripture tells us that he took the bread and he gave thanks and he prayed a blessing over it. A blessing would have been something you prayed at Passover or any time you, you break bread together. It's blessed are you, Lord God, ruler of the universe, who brings forth the bread from the earth. Barukatai Adonai, Eloheinu Malach HaOlam, Hamotzi Lahem Min Haaretz. He would have prayed this prayer with his disciples and it would have been a shift in them because he was trying to remind them that things were different. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he prayed a blessing over it. Blessed are you, Lord God, ruler of the universe who brings forth fruit from the vine, right? Barukatai Adonai, Elohim Malach HaOlam, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. He changed things. He said, this is my body. This is my blood. We have an opportunity today to share in this incredible mystery. This sacrament, this holy moment of communing with him and with each other. And so I would ask you, as we get ready to do this, that you would uh, kind of just make yourself available if the Lord is wanting you to, to, to get prayer today. We're going to have, Selena's going to be over here, Joseph's going to be over here. I'm going to be in the middle. I'm going to give you uh, the bread. And, and then Tim and Heather are going to be on either side of me. And they're going to have cups for you to take. And they're going to have little bowls that you can put your cup in. And you don't have to get prayer for anything. If you want to take your cup back to your seat, you can. We'd like for you to just take it and put it in the, in the cup, in the bowl there. 
But they're going to be here to pray with you because we believe that God's Spirit is here and we believe that He's going to move. We have heard reports and it is undeniable that we are making this the most important thing about what we do. Nothing else is more important than this. Coming down here and experiencing God's presence. Now you can experience God's presence anywhere, but we have asked Him to to, to speak to us right now in this moment. I believe that He will. And so whether that's you just receiving in faith and believing and going back to your seat or you receiving and then asking to be prayed for, whatever it is, we believe that God's going to do that. So can we do that today? And can you allow me to serve those that are going to serve you today for a few moments before we, before we partake communion together today? You don't have to get these yet. I'm going to put them here. Cheers. Mighty Christ, the bread of heaven broken for you, my friend. Christ, cup of salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Body of Christ, bread of heaven broken for you. Blood of Christ, a cup of salvation. Body of Christ, bread of heaven broken for you. Blood of Christ, a cup of salvation. Amen. Tim. Body of Christ, bread of heaven broken for you. Amen. Blood of Christ, a cup of salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Got it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I believe Jesus is here, and if you believe He's here, then if that line lines up, don't go, oh my goodness. I wish they'd just hurry up so I can feed on Jesus and get out of here. Let's, let's take this opportunity to let God minister to us. And so if somebody's getting prayed for, don't be like that. Okay? Let's just let God do His work. Okay? Lord, be present today. In the breaking of our bread as you were the night you broke it with your disciples. As we fix our eyes on your coming. Lord, may we do so with thankfulness in our hearts that we can commune with you and with each other and that we can participate in the marriage supper of the Lamb even in this moment and we can rejoice in your newness of life. Would you be with us, Lord? Would you come whenever you're ready? Let's partake together today. Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God and everything that you do to help with that uh, brings glory to God. So thank you guys. Take care.